सतनाम वेलकम टू द सुपर ह्यूमन ब्लूप्रिंट दिस इज अ स्पेस वेयर वी विल एक्सप्लोर एंशियंट योगिक साइंस एंड टेक्नोलॉजी ऑफ द माइंड एंड ऑफ ह्यूमन पोटेंशियल we feature interviews with creators artists entrepreneurs thought leaders visionaries earth shakers and teachers we get their take on meditation and spiritual practice its impact on their daily lives work relationships and so much more we hope this inspires you to keep going keep practicing keep creating and keep connecting to your inner voice and your highest self for this interview we welcome roberta vamaro previously a lawyer in new york and brazil roberta understands the demands of the corporate world and believes meditation is the number one tool to achieve well-being while being fully engaged in the world when she moved to canada with her husband she decided to pursue her talent for teaching kundalini yoga and meditation full time having completed an immense amount of meditation study over the course of her life roberta has over 20 years of meditation experience and first began teaching meditation to doctors at the age of 19 Roberta has been featured in a number of magazines including Best Health Magazine and BC Living. We are so excited to welcome Roberta to the Superhuman Blueprint podcast. If you do you want to share with us like what uh what your work is all about, what you do and what you're up to in the world. So um I have been teaching yoga and meditation for the past 15 years. Um and in 2018 I opened a studio in Vancouver, Canada. This was um a year before or two years before the whole situation, the whole, you know, mm-hmm. craziness in the world happened. Um and then in 2020 when we had to we had to close the studio, um I decided to simply simply bring the studio to the virtual world right i thought that this was going this was going to be the future um i had a feeling this was going to happen to a lot of um a lot of businesses a lot of like um especially in the yoga industry in the wellness industry so we have been doing since 2020 i have been teaching yoga and meditation online which i quite like surprisingly i didn't think i was going to love it but i actually really like it Mm-hmm. Um and before this is a a joke because I think it was kind of like in a previous lifetime um I used to be a lawyer um in Brazil I'm I'm from Brazil and in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and uh how did you so how did you come to your spiritual practice? So I actually had been starting I started doing yoga mostly like power yoga because that was a thing trending in the 90s. Um so I started doing yoga and meditation when I was 13 and this was kind of like totally by accident. There was a gym and I had some kind of shoulder injury that I had been doing like physio at the gym and I just kind of like at the end of the physio I just look kind of like to the side and saw this room with a bunch of people doing poses like upside down and things like that like the typical yoga class right mm-hmm. and the teenager in me was like oh my god i want to do that and it started then just like with the power yoga 
like listening to Madonna, sing, you know, that kind of style. And it evolved, I think, in a way organically, because um, a few years into practicing, I felt like, oh, I want to learn a little bit more about meditation. I want to learn a little bit more about philosophy. Um, And that kind of like one thing led to another. And I was actually at the time I went to Catholic school in Rio, which is a pretty tough experience. I don't necessarily recommend. Um, So I was going through all the kind of like the stress of going through that process, right? And, And really like studying a lot and and, and just being very kind of like a, a the good student type of thing, which was a lot of pressure on me. Mm-hmm. And the yoga was a way of finding relaxation and finding more than that, actually finding more of a voice. I think that that's kind of like the main thing for me, finding my inner voice, finding um, a connection to intuition. Yeah. So kind of like it started that way. And I did have my my years of my early 20s that I wasn't doing anything. I was just like practicing law and like doing what, you know, any kind of like young person, you know, do. And it's fine. You know, it was totally fine. Um, and eventually in 20, it was, I think it was 2017 or 2016, um, after having had major kind of like, um, I would call probably like a syndrome, an anxiety syndrome that I was having from overworking, just kind of like getting random panic attacks. Like I'm just standing and then all of a sudden I would have a panic attack, like out of the blue. Mm -hmm. I decided that I needed to look for help. Like a lot of people can resonate with that. I wanted to look for help. And I felt like, well, you know, the yoga that I was practicing wasn't really, it wasn't really cutting, you know, like I was doing like asana every day. I was doing long handstands and shoulder stands, all that kind of stuff. And I just felt like, okay, I need to, I need to find something that will help to somewhat change this feeling. And I didn't want to go down the, 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 the road of like taking medication or going to doctors and things like that. So I just happened, this is kind of like the synchronicity. I just happened to, and also I should mention, I was also getting a lot of cystic acne. I was suffering from a lot of cystic acne from the nervousness. There was like no reason why I would have the doctors were like, your hormones are fine. You're fine. Just like, it was exactly like anxiety. Right. So I was just kind of like tired and I'm like, okay, let me just Google something. So I sit down and I put something like natural remedies, cystic acne, anxiety, something like that. And I find this link to this article from this woman saying that Kundalini yoga helped her to heal her cystic acne and anxiety. Wow. How funny is that? Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remembered Kundalini yoga because I had done in the nineties, like just like every now and then. And I liked it. I really liked it, but not, but not really like a full class. It would be always like a teacher teaching like 10 minutes before the class as a warm up. They would do like cat cow or like breath of fire, you know, nothing like reading depth. And I felt like, oh, I remember that thing. Maybe I should give it a try. So cut to, to me going online and finding out about teachers. And the first teacher that I connected with, you know, at that time was my teacher, Hadi Jeevan. And I just found a, a video, a random video on YouTube where he was talking about cold showers and going on and on about the cold showers. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to study with this person. I have to find where he t- teaches. Um, and I found Rama. I found like the, 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 the yoga school, like the online school, Rama, Rama TV, and eventually started doing yoga every day. Uh, eventually took a teacher training. Like he's just like, you know, the rest, cause we, we know from each other from the training, but it's basically it was organic. I say to people, the spirituality in my life has always been organic and it has always been led by some kind of synchronicity. One thing led to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say also that I have been 
I consider myself a spiritual person. I think I have been spiritual since I was a child, but not always in the same format, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. And as far as like, so what, what impacts would you say it has had on just like your, your relationships, your, your work? I mean, obviously you're, you're now a full-time Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher, but I'm just curious, like, um, is there anything else, any other impacts that you would like to share? For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a blessing. Like I say to people, like, I'm so grateful for having these tools, you know, because it's something that I, I, I can say actually that I'm quite fortunate in terms of like my relationship, like my husband and I, we are such a good fit. Um, we do have same kind of like common interests in spirituality and yoga and life in general. So we, I have always been fortunate that way. Um, but I think the main thing is my relationship with, um, with people that don't necessarily share the same point of view as I do. Um, I think this is something that if one, if there's one thing that Kundalini can do for you, that this, these practices can do for you is to teach you how to keep your, your integrity. Like, you know, who you are, you know, what you stand for and you know where you're coming from and you know exactly what, what to think for yourself, not because somebody else is telling you. Right. And at the same time, you can have a relationship with people from all walks of life. They can have completely different points of view, completely different opinions, and you're still able to have a conversation with them. You're still able to have an interaction with them. And I think this was precious. You know, this is something that it's so needed right now, as we know. know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I can tell that the practice gave me that because I think one of the things that, for me anyways, that I felt like right away is this feeling of, I think you can describe it as Mm self-sovereignty, but it's a feeling of being myself Mm -hmm. and kind of being full of myself, not in a sense of like, you know, a big head or whatever they call these days, but it's a sense of like, it's okay to, to have this opinion. It's okay to act the way that I do, to do the things that I want to do in spite of what what everybody's saying or thinking about me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that it starts, it starts happening pretty quickly with the practice. I don't know if that was your experience as well, but for me, it was sort of like immediately like, whoa, it's okay. It was kind of like an inner voice telling me that it was fine. Um, And paradoxically, that allowed me to interact with more people that don't necessarily have the same point of view, because I didn't feel threatened by them. Mm. I didn't feel like the fact that they think something completely different from me, it's going to make me think like them. And therefore, I have to fight with them because I think that what's happening right now, especially on this time on the planet, is that people are fighting with each other because they think that if they even they entertain for a second the point of view of the other person, that's going to change who they are. That's going to change everything that they stand for. And to some some extent, it might, Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to. Right. That's the, the, the game is that it doesn't have to. You can be who you are. You can rest steeped in that kind of like understanding but you can still have a relationship with people. So I think that was incredibly, it is incredibly beneficial to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, do you, do you want to share with us a little bit about what, what does your practice look like these days? <laughs> yeah. So it's looking pretty simple and basic. Um, actually th- this past couple of weeks, I emptied up a bit because I have the time and I felt like I needed, I felt like my, my body was needing I'm in Canada and Canada is, you know, in a tough spot right now. So I thought, okay, let's, let's see if I can, you know, change this, at least how I feel in my body, because it was having some effects in my physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I do, um, 
I do morning sadhana. I don't do the Aquarian sadhana, the typical Kundalini Aquarian sadhana. I actually do a, a, a practice for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of like started with uh, the 40 days long Econ car. The first ones that I, that I did in my life, the first sadhana for 40 days of long Econ cars that I did in my life. And I just felt like this, this meditation is mine. It's going to be mine for the rest of my life. No matter what happens, I'm going to be doing this. Right. So I don't do two and a half hours every day, but <laughs> my, my long echo is just part of my life, but I don't do the full Aquarius Southern. I do something for prosperity, something that I'm working with, you know, in, in sort of like bringing forth or, or an energy that I feel moved to tap into, um, that's kind of, that, that changes, but the long echo cars, it's always there. It's a kind of like a staple. And then I try to do, um, in the afternoon, a more of a physical practice. I think in the morning, like early morning, I'm more of a meditative practice. I might just do warm ups and meditate. Um, the kriyas, I like to do more like in the afternoon. That's usually like when the sun is going down type thing, then I like to do more of a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I have time, because sometimes, you know, life happens, I do a, an evening meditation, just a breath work meditation, just to help me to fall asleep. So if you look at time, like how many hours a day, because people go like, oh my God, you're practicing three times a day. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I teach this, so I, I, I should be practicing, right? <laughs> but it's not like I'm doing four hours a day type of thing, right? So if you put together, it's probably like a two and a half hour practice, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And how how do you describe like Kundalini yoga to beginners or to someone who is just like curious about it? What do you what do you usually tell them about about the practice of Kundalini? So I actually don't describe. Funny enough, I actually don't describe it as much. Um, I sometimes don't even use the word Kundalini. I say meditation, or say yoga, or say energy practices, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that a lot of times people come with a predetermined idea of what it is or what, what it should be and what they yep. should expect. And they don't, they, they don't experience because of the fact that they read somewhere that is it, doing this and it's that, uh, which we can argue that any kind of description can do for anything and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think particularly for Kundalini, it's something that is so hard to, to put into words, right? Mm-hmm. So I tell them it's going to be if I have to describe something like what we're going to do, I sometimes say, oh, it's going to be a physical practice. We're going to do some breath work. We're going to do some meditation, um, some movements that you're probably not used to, but it's yoga. And mm-hmm. and typically when you say yoga, people think like, oh, okay. Even though they might think it's going to be standing upside down, um, but they have a more of an open mind under um, an open mind understanding that it's not going to be a fitness class or, you know, cardio blast kind of thing. Right. Although it can be that, as we know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I typically I like to keep it more like um like poetry. Like I, if I have to say something, I'm, I when I describe, if I have to describe a program or a workshop, mm-hmm. I talk about the effects. I talk about how is that going to, let's say, you know, a prosperity series, which I teach every uh, Wednesday. Um, it's what is prosperity? Prosperity means pro spiritus, pro spirit. So you're going to tap into the side of yourself that is infinite that is everlasting that is like abundant um and then they go oh that sounds really interesting i'm gonna do whatever it is that they do in this class so that's typically how i talk about it yeah yeah no it's interesting and as you mentioned there there are these kind of preconceived notions or misconceptions that people may have about just um, a spiritual practice or meditation practice in general 
that um, I think is, it's also the, the reason why I wanted to do this is because I, I think people who've never really um, experienced it, like they, they might be they might be turned off or they might think that you know, you know they might have an idea of what to expect. Yeah. Um, and so um, this is kind of part of my um, part of my intention is to, is to let people hear from people who really who have the experience of what what it really is. Um, and so, yeah, is, are there any other kind of misconceptions around, around the practice, around the spiritual path that you would want to kind of, uh, cut through here? <laughs> well, as we know, there are quite a few, but, um, the main thing, it hasn't happened. This is very interesting because sometimes people ask me, I get like a random question every now and then. Um, about, you know, is Kundalini yoga dangerous? Is something that I shouldn't be doing? I read somewhere, like, it's very rare that I get that, but sometimes I do get that kind of question. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that I see is, I mean, you can argue that anything can be dangerous depending on how you're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I see is that I try to give the explanation about the the history of it and how um, we we, we tend to get a, be afraid of anything that we don't know. So it's fear, fear of the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. We could argue that it's also a fear of going through the blocks or of actually expanding your consciousness. So there's that kind of fear, which is basically your, let's put it this way, the ego, the EGO, your small self doesn't want to be expanded, mm-hmm. doesn't want to become bigger than you know what it is or what you think it is. Um, and therefore it creates the, ex- the excuses like, oh my gosh, this is, I read this is really, dangerous. I read this is not good for me. So, so that's one element that I try to talk to the person about or explain like, Hey, mm-hmm. it could be that. Um, so I try to go with that part, part of which is kind of like the, the personal side. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the fact that if you go back in history and you understand where these practices came from, um, you know, as we know, India had this, um, it, it was, it was basically dominated. It was occupied by the UK by, by, the British. And then what happens is the British created this whole kind of, it's propaganda, really, that this stuff is not good for you. This stuff is not going to, um, it's dangerous. You know, it's, it's weird. First of all, it's weird. You know, second of all, it's really dangerous. And funny enough, that kind of like, it stayed embedded in, in the community, even though the British left and they're still thinking the stuff is dangerous. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is kind of interesting because I went to India in 2016 and this was for a completely different um, practice. It was a kind of like a Hatha yoga retreat, you know, nothing, nothing related to um, deep spirituality. I mean, of course, Hatha yoga can be spiritual as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like anything, oh, let's meditate and, and talk about philosophy. It was just kind of like do some yoga, yeah. sun salutations, be upside down, having some vegan food. And that, that was the retreat. Yeah. And I remember I was staying with some people and they had, their parents were um, very um, kind of like, they, they're, they're quite strong um, practitioners of Hinduism. Mm. And the guy was telling me that he couldn't tell his parents that he was doing yoga mm. because his parents thought that yoga was dangerous. Mm. Wow. Isn't that interesting? And That's- I'm kind of like, hmm, you know, that, that was the first time that I heard that. So, um, I mean, on one hand, this was great because it's showing that the religion has nothing to do with yoga. Right, right. right? So when people say, oh, it's a religious thing, it belongs to this religion or this. No, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, because you get the people from that particular, you know, 
religion and say like, no, don't do any yoga. And this was like, like, like I was saying, like sun salutations and stuff like that, stuff that you go at the YMCA and you're, you know, learning, yeah. um, which is, you know, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying like, it wasn't anything kind of like philosophical yeah. that could be changing people's perspective on things. You know, it's, it was posture, asana. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I give this example and I explain like, you know, it can be, it can be understood as dangerous when people kind of have this, this, um, understanding they have been carrying this understanding for generations mm-hmm. and that kind of stayed in the, in the community. And then yes, some, somehow we, we became an article that you read somewhere on Google and mm-hmm. stuff is dangerous, but there's really no explanation other than the fact that it is going to really change your perspective on things, especially when it's effective yoga, when it, when it's powerful yoga. Mm-hmm. And therefore you can think it's dangerous because you, you're not going to see the world the way that you used to see it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you for, uh, thank you for offering your wisdom and sharing your, your wisdom. And, uh, if people, yeah, if people want to connect with you and work with you and and see your offerings, do you want to give us, um, some information as to how, uh, how they can find you and, uh, and anything about that? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So I teach, um, I teach online courses now mm-hmm. and uh, I teach it through salt and spirit, which is my business, my, my yoga studio slash virtual room now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find, you can find us on Instagram at salt and spirit, uh, uh, salt and spirit collective mm-hmm. and online also salt and spirit collective. Um, yeah. And I'm on Instagram as well. Like my handle Roberto Vomaro mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we can connect that way. I'm always offering lives to you on Instagram. If people are, curious to try my style first and just kind of like see what I have to offer, um, through salt and spirit I'm doing right now, I'm doing actually daily lives, um, bringing some simple practices that people can do every day, three minutes a day to change your perspective, to change your energy, give you more vitality. Um, and that's kind of like my motto too, even with my business is I wanted to keep it simple. I wanted to keep it pragmatic. Um, I wanted to keep it so that people can, okay, you know, I'm having a busy meeting or whatever, Zoom call, um, everybody, let's take five. And then, you know, you take five minutes and you do a little bit of breath work and you come back a different person with more energy, yeah. right? So that's that's the vibe of what I offer. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's perfect. Thank you so much. 